Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. You see, discipleship is not an end in and of itself. The call is not just to follow, but to follow to become, to be molded and shaped by the master, just as I, as a young attorney, needed to be molded and and admonished and and encouraged and rebuked sometimes under the care of of a master lawyer. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe, Senior Pastor of Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today, we're continuing a lesson in the book of Matthew on what it means to follow Christ. Jesus doesn't call perfect people. There's no such thing. Rather, He calls each one of us to be authentic disciples for His kingdom. So what does it take to be an authentic follower of Christ? Let's join Pastor John Monroe. In our current series, we're focusing on the Sermon on the Mount, but we've not yet come to the teaching of Jesus. Before we listen to Jesus, we've been learning who Jesus is, and now He is calling His disciples. As the sinless Son of God, as the anointed Messiah, He comes as the light of the world. All of us are in spiritual darkness and are therefore unfit for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus calls us to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I trust you've heard the call of Jesus. Come, follow me. Jesus calls for repentance before God and humble, obedient faith. Today, hear the call and obey. Follow Jesus. Let's learn more of what it means to be an authentic disciple of King Jesus. We're continuing in our study in Matthew, and today come to the, this last section in Matthew 4, verse 12. Now, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Amen. Wonderful portion of Scripture. Our mission 
is being and making authentic followers of Jesus Christ. But what is an authentic follower of Jesus? What does that mean? First of all, disciples, very basically and very obviously, disciples follow King Jesus. Secondly, disciples learn from King Jesus. The disciples spent time with Jesus, in their case, for over three years. See, the challenge of discipleship is not just to follow Jesus, but it is to learn from Jesus. At the moment of our conversion, we begin to follow Jesus, but discipleship is also a learning process. Now, if you know anything about the Gospels, you know that these disciples, in fact, all of them, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and the rest of them, they were sometimes very slow learners, sometimes afraid, sometimes characterized by unbelief. Sometimes they didn't seem to be listening very closely to the teaching of Jesus. Sometimes they were arguing among themselves which, one, which of them was the greatest. Sometimes they had hard hearts. In other words, they were very much like you and me. And they understood that no one had the authority over disease and of death like Jesus. Yes, he is almighty God. And yes, he is sovereign over all diseases, therefore trust him. You see, authentic disciples, and I have to challenge you as I challenge myself on this, authentic disciples have a deep desire to learn. I remember when I graduated from law school, I went to work uh, with attorneys, and in those days, long, long ago, uh, we called the lawyers that we were being trained under the masters. Sounds very patronizing, doesn't it? But I worked for these masters. I signed a contract. It was saying, you think you're pretty smart? I did. I did pretty well at law school. I've got all my head full of law. Ah, but I was quickly to find out I didn't know as much as I thought. I had to learn from the masters. And the senior partner in the providence of God uh, took me under his wing he was, he was with uh, retirement age. He was going to retire uh, fairly soon. And uh, he treated me so kindly. And he was a brilliant lawyer. And I've made many mistakes in life, but one of the smart things I did was I spent as much time as I could with this man. He would sometimes come into my office and we would have a cup of coffee together. If he was going to court, I, I would go. He, he liked me to drive. And we'd go to court and I, I would listen to him. When he was with clients, I, I would see how he, how he spoke to them, how he interacted, and I kept asking questions. Why? I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn from a master lawyer, a man who had been practicing law for many, many years, and I wanted to learn. Disciples ask questions. See, to stop learning is to stagnate. I've worked with a lot of people over my life. You can almost put them into two categories. There's the person who never asks a question. They think they know it all. They, they, they are, whether too insecure or whether too proud, they can never say, uh, can you help me here? They don't become very good. They, they, they stay at a certain level. There's others who want to learn. Yes, they fall down. Yes, they make mistakes. And as followers of Jesus, how important it is that we never ever stop growing. Disciples 
who are learning are growing. I trust, although I've followed Jesus for many, many years, I'm still a learner. Be a learner. Think of that wonderful passage in Matthew 11 where Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. Jesus invites us to come and to learn of him. And this is one of the marks of the authentic follower of Jesus. This is not a passive process. Being a disciple is active, is dynamic, it's exciting. If you've just begun to follow Jesus, don't, don't be discouraged. Perhaps you're in a life group, a Bible study, and it seems that everyone there knows their Bible much better than, than you do. Don't be discouraged by that. Have a desire to grow, to ask questions, to spend time with Jesus. That's why I think how important it is that we, that we know the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to see Jesus, to listen to his words, to see him uh, in action, uh, to be daily in prayer asking for his help, to be frequently in the company of other disciples who help us learn and grow. That's why at church we emphasize Fellowship and community is so important through life groups, through Bible studies, through discipleship, through personal interaction, and how important it is, whatever our age, that we're teachable. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Be humble. When my son was at high school and he came home, I used to say to him, did you ask any good questions today? Oh, I don't know, Dad. If you're a teacher, you know you want students to ask good questions. That's the way you learn. If you're learning a sport, if you're learning an instrument, you're, 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 you're coming to the master and saying, how can I improve? How can I sing better? How can I play better? How can I kick that ball better? How can I hold that club in such a way that I can hit that little ball further? There's a teachability, isn't there? That certainly should be true of every follower of Jesus. Disciples follow King Jesus. They learn of King Jesus. Third, they serve King Jesus. Did you notice this verse 19? He said to them, can you hear it? Some of you have, have been to the Sea of Galilee, that beautiful Sea of Galilee. You can picture it, can't you? Jesus walking along the seashore and he sees these men. Here's the challenge. Here's the command. Follow me. That's not all that he says. And I will make you fishers of men. He calls four disciples to be fishers of men. Before Jesus calls them, they're fishers of fish. But Jesus had plans and purposes for them that they could never, ever have imagined. Little did they know as they began to follow Jesus what lay ahead, that God was going to use them to turn the world upside down that they were going to be his mighty apostles. Yes, these ordinary fishermen. God was going to use them in a profound way, in a world-shattering way that we have recorded in Scripture. These insignificant, ordinary disciples. Isn't this exciting? You follow Jesus, you don't know where he's going to lead. Do you think you know how God is going to use you? You may have some ideas, you may pray, you may have some concept, 
The wonderful thing is, as you keep following Jesus, as you keep learning of him, as you have a desire to serve him, you have no idea. I have no idea how God will use you. Isn't that wonderful to know? Students, as you follow Jesus, you think, what can someone like me do? I have no idea. But Jesus, you see, does as only he can. He's God. He uses our skills, our training, our resources, our education, and, he, and our personality. And he, he puts that all together, as it were. And as we follow him, he uses all of that. And most of all, the filling of the Spirit for his glory. That fishers of fish become fishers of people. You see, discipleship is not an end in and of itself. The call is not just to follow, but to follow to become, to be molded and shaped by the master, just as I, as a young attorney, needed to be molded and, and admonished and, and encouraged and rebuked sometimes under the care of a, of a master lawyer. Here is our sovereign God. He takes you and he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Because the disciples were not only with Jesus, he then sent them out from him. We're going to read at the end of Matthew that he says, go therefore and make disciples of all of the nations. Yes. What has happened? A, a disciple is being trained, is being equipped, is being transformed to serve Jesus. Authentic followers of Jesus are called to serve. Can I challenge those of you who have been following Jesus for a long time? You may have a lot of Bible knowledge. You may love to go what you think deep into the world. You may even brag about how deep you know the Bible. Uh, you may enjoy Christian fellowship and community. I hope you do. But let me say this. If studying the scriptures, if being with your fellow believers doesn't result in you serving Jesus and others, there's a problem. An authentic follower certainly follows Jesus, certainly learns from Jesus, but also serves Jesus and others. Do you know why the Dead Sea is called dead? There's no life in it. There's, why? There's no outlet. It takes in water from the Jordan, but it's dead, no life. Sometimes I fear some Christians are like that. They, they love to learn. They love to fill their notebooks. They love to be with Christians. They love to sing. And that is central part of the Christian faith. All of that's important. But we must not forget this, that we are called to serve. I am to learn of Jesus so that I may serve him. Serve your Lord. Serve him. And the wonderful thing is disciples serve in different ways. Perhaps I'm stretching a bit here, but my fellow pastors will excuse me, I'm sure. Peter and Andrew, it says, were casting their nets into the sea. They were to become outstanding evangelists. Who stands up on the day of Pentecost and preaches to the thousand? It's Peter. He's a great evangelist. He preaches and 3,000 souls are saved. What about his brother Andrew? Andrew, it seems, is a quieter brother. But just about every time we read of Andrew in the New Testament, he's bringing someone to Jesus. He, he, he's the one that brings the little boy to Jesus with the five loaves and the two fish. You and I might have overlooked him. Perhaps Peter and others are looking at the big crowd, but 
Andrew's a kind of individual who connects with people one-on-one. Evangelists, very different, but both authentic followers of Jesus. Here are James and John, when we meet them, they're mending their nets. And Jesus is going to call them, and under his care, they're going to become outstanding shepherds and leaders in the early church. They're they're going to give great leadership. John is this great apostle of love. And so God in his grace calls different people, ordinary people with different personalities, different gifts, different backgrounds, and uses them in his purposes. You see, we're called by Jesus, not on the basis of who we are, but what in his grace and with his strength, we will become. I'll make you fishers of men. Who does the making? Jesus. You say, I'm not ready for the task. Of course you're not. Even Paul says, who's adequate for these things? Think of all Paul's giftedness. His answer, who's adequate for these things? Oh, our adequacy is Christ. We sang in that beautiful song. It's not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. So Paul can say of the apostles, we're just clay pots. We're just jars of clay so that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. Don't you find this tremendously encouraging but also very humbling to know that God has wonderful plans and purposes for your life, students? Isn't this incredible to think that when Jesus calls us. He calls us for a purpose. As Eric Little, the Scottish athlete and missionary said, God made me for a purpose, and God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Yes, God calls all of us for a purpose. Follow Jesus. Be humble. Learn of Jesus. Serve Jesus. And he uses us in ways we can never, ever imagine. I could testify that in my own life, and many of you could. could. That life takes, from our perspective, an unforeseen turn. A strange seeming diversion, perhaps a difficult one, but it's all in the Master's plan. You see, when we follow Jesus, life is never the same again. We're called to become touched and changed by the master's hand. There's a hymn that we sometimes pray, mold me, make me, use me, fill me. You ever ever prayed that? Lord, make me, make me a servant. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men, an apostle of love. Here is discipleship, a life of faith following King Jesus. Do you hear the voice of Jesus today? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Will you turn from and confess your sins? A change of mind leading to a change of action and attitude. And to enter the kingdom of heaven then, you must repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. John, in John 3, we read that Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot enter, you can't see the kingdom of God. Have you repented? You see, if you're in the kingdom of God, all is well. There's no need to panic. That's why in terms of this present pandemic, as the followers of Jesus, we're not to panic. 
My life is in his hands. I'm in the kingdom of God. Eternal life is guaranteed not because of what I've done, but what Christ has done. And in his grace, he's given me eternal life and I'm, his, I'm a son of God. I'm not to panic. I don't know the future. No, I am just to continue to humbly follow Jesus. I'm to continue to learn of Jesus. I'm to continue to be open to serve him. So I ask you, is your life reflecting Jesus Christ? Are the principles of the kingdom of God permeating your life? Jesus is going to tell us what they are in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as we learn. Today, hear the call of Jesus. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Answer the call. Be an authentic disciple. Follow Jesus. Learn of Jesus. Serve Jesus. I heard him call. Come follow that was all. My gold grew dim. My soul went after him. Who would not follow if they heard him call? Do you hear him call? Our Father and our God, we thank you for the clarity of the call of Jesus. We've heard it unmistakably afresh. We're privileged that you would call us ordinary Boys and girls and men and women, nothing special in and of ourselves, but called to follow King Jesus. May even now, many at home, many traveling, listening, that they will answer the call and say, I will follow Jesus. Give them humility, Father, to turn from their sin and to embrace Christ. And may we, in these days, of confusion in society and uncertainty and of fear and of panic. May we be steadfast. May we be people not of fear but of faith because we've heard the call of Jesus and we're following him and we know that one great day he will lead us right into his eternal presence and we'll be with him throughout the countless ages of eternity. Meantime, help us to be faithful and to love him and to serve him with all of our hearts. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, Follow the Master. Remember, you can always revisit these lessons or share with a friend by going to our website at theverdict.org. And before we get back to John's closing remarks, we'd like to tell you about the special resource we're currently offering, It's a booklet by John focused on the most important sermon ever given, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus describes what it really means to follow Him. This valuable guide will help you gain a fresh perspective on how relevant and practical the teaching of Jesus continues to be for our lives today. The booklet is titled Life in the Kingdom, and you can get your free copy today by going to theverdict.org. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our monthly email list to get the latest ministry updates from John by clicking the sign up button on our homepage. If you value the gospel work of this ministry, we invite you to be a part of our radio outreach and help us share these biblical teachings with new listeners throughout this new year by giving a financial gift of any amount. Your generous contributions will help us cover the cost to deliver the truth of God's word through the radio to your neighbors, your community, and all around the world. To partner with us today, just go to theverdict.org or call us at 
1-800-242-2231 or send a check in the mail by writing to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Have you answered the call of the Lord Jesus? Come, follow me. This means we must humbly follow Jesus, listen to His Word, obey Him, and serve Him. I'm praying that you will experience the transforming power of God as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and follow Him. Be strong, be courageous, be a humble follower of the Master who saves us. I'm excited about the next broadcast where we join Jesus on the mountain and listen to His great Sermon on the Mount. Join me then. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.